and maybe the sound when he goes eh, when he gets hit or whatever. Can I hear that one more time? Uh. Nice. <laughs> I need that for tonight. And yeah. that's the intro. Oh, I bet oh, you do. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast where four dudes talk about games. I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. I'm John. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Forgotten, Austin, not forbidden. Try to remember this time. I I remembered. (laughs) No longer forgotten. Which is a uh, the most recent installment of the super ultra good best-selling kirby series um it's uh the first one that's in uh i guess not the first one that's in 3d graphics but the first one that's a 3d platform a 3d space yeah Yeah. that that moves in with a z axis basically um yeah it's a action platformer like all the kirby games um where you play as kirby and you run around and inhale you know little creatures and you get to use their powers that's kirby's thing and it's great and they you know this game this game brought back some classics uh it invented some new ones you can upgrade them which we'll talk about um that's kind of just the whole description it's a very simple game all right so this game basically starts out kirby's gets out wakes up has his nice little stroll in dreamland riding around in a star as he's flying around through the world, he comes across a storm, crazy, doesn't know what's going on, and it starts, you know, starts doing a little sucky, sucky action, you know, like Kirby. That's, you know, this is not an adult game. It's, <laughs> it's making this not. sound a lot more scandalous than it is. Uh, but no, it starts, it, it does what Tornado does. It sucks everything up in its path. Uh, it sucks him up. He gets stuck in it, can't get out of it, uh, and then gets knocked unconscious and he oh, he wakes up in a world with a little flying squirrel uh, yep. and and it tries to he's trying to figure out what the hell to do and this little squirrel walks you through and starts you off on the game yeah she's got like a bite out of her ear i don't know if it's a he yeah, or she i don't know their name the creature guys, guys this is an this is a nintendo game it's navi <laughs> it's basically navi yep that's basically fair. You've you saved enough wallabies that now you have a place to sleep. Like, it does nothing do I for need, you. Do I need to sleep? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's for fun. But you know what? Yes, There's a fun. really cute animation involved. There is. He sleeps with his nice little pillow, and he's cute. So I, I'd say the basic setup of this game is it's set up like almost uh, Mario 3D World, if anyone's played that. Uh, where it's a bunch of like levels in a themed world and you go to different yeah. types of worlds and they're all themed around that one design and you just keep moving on. Right. So the first world is like the urban jungle. Yeah. And so it's like all skyscrapers and cities and malls and things like that. Yeah. Like the second's all, it's all like beachy and then one's like lava based and it's all designed that way. But my my first feeling of the game was the demo and the demo, I think, is one of the best demos I've seen in a long time. It really just made me excited for the game. 
the music kind of feels like Mario Odyssey at first. Uh, the the goofy things that you can suck up as Kirby, like you right off the bat, you can be a vending machine and then you turn into a car. <laughs> like it is it, pretty it's cool. some I of the, give you that. The, the stupidest, funniest Kirby interactions that I saw early on. Um, yeah. So, so the mouthful mode thing was like the, that was the big new mechanic for this game, right? Like you have the thing where Kirby sucks up and like wears a little hat and has a power or whatever. And in addition to that, you can situationally suck up like a car or a vending machine or a light bulb or a traffic cone or a bunch of different things. And they do like, they have like specific applications for puzzle solving or traversal within the level. And honestly, some of those I think are really great. There's, there's, you know, the car, most of the car stuff, they're like, there's, there's a level where you have to do two car races and like you get stuff based on like finishing under a time excellent yeah. excellent excellent apl- application of that the thing where you suck up a thing of stairs and have to like waddle along this 2d sideways thing really awkwardly and slowly very terrible application of that thing yep. uh but I, I i'd say so the game essentially is like these super mario 3d world like these little sectioned off levels and then also with every ability that you get or every ability you upgrade, there's like a time trial and you can really test out how the ability works. And I thought those were really fun. I mean, let's get it out of the way. This game is very easy. Almost too easy. Almost? <laughs> oh, no, almost it is too easy. <laughs> understatement of the century. <laughs> Did you play on wild mode, which is the hard mode, which is a thing that Kirby's never had before? I can't, I didn't play it and didn't look up anything about it, but I cannot even imagine playing on easy mode. Like, yeah, no, I, just <laughs> how? How is there an easier mode than how that game is played? It's like, functionally impossible to die. It's very hard to even take damage in this game. And when you take damage, it does a tenth of your health bar, and there are healing items absolutely everywhere. Look, it's a game for children, and yes. it's designed to be uh, fun, happy uh, exploration, right. and lots of stuff to find. But like, no part of the combat or even the platforming is supposed to be hard. There's like a bunch of sections in the game where you can, you know, jump from like little island to island to yep. get across a thing. But also, you could just ignore that and just, like, walk or swim just next to that difficult platform thing, and yep. you'll end up in the same place. Yep. There's a, there's, a, there's a stage in the beach world where I had to go back. I missed one of the, like, secret waddledies that you have to find or whatever. So you go back, and you literally catch... It's, like, a series of platforms along these bridges over water, and you're, like, having traversal, and there's a bunch yeah. of enemies you have to get around or fight or whatever. And you can literally, from the start of the level, go in the water and just swim straight to the end of the level <laughs> without doing... <laughs> Any of the puzzles, any of the traversal, any of the enemies, you can just swim straight to the end. It's amazing. So yeah. the the Waddle D was a good idea in this game. In each level, there's like hidden Waddle Dees throughout, or you do certain objectives that are hidden until you beat the level, or if you just randomly do them. Yeah. There's like a hidden objective where you unlock a Waddle D, and the Waddle Dees fill the population of the main town that you have. 
The problem with it is to unlock pretty much everything, you only have to get a little over half the Waddle Dees, which playing each level once, you're going to do that. It's it's just going to happen. So there is no reason at the end of the game to go back and actually try to do that, which would have been a really cool application, making some of the secrets to do pretty hard and getting like further rewards. But nope, it's if you beat the game and generally look for Waddle Dees, you got everything in the game. This is something that I, I really want to bring up in this game because I think the level design within the game, like I think there was a lot of like fun secrets to find and and things to do um, and fun interactions when you get a new power and ways to use it in the level. But this part of the game was really disappointing for me. I was starting this game and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a completionist. I am going to do the first world and I am going to find every secret Waddle D. I'm going to do every objective. Then, as Garrett was kind of mentioning, there are these challenge levels that'll pop up. There's a time to beat. You have one minute to do this bomb challenge. Now, you actually have as much time as you want. No matter how long that takes you, no matter how many times you get killed, doesn't matter. You'll get the little gem. And if you beat it in that very difficult time, which is like some of them were actually quite challenging mm-hmm. and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But the reward is 50 coins, which are completely worthless. So it's just like... You know, it just didn't feel like there was any weight. There was no reward for getting all the secrets in a level to completing the challenges with the fast time. Like I did the entire world. I 100% of the first world got all the challenge times, did all the Waddle Dees, and I got to the end of it and I was like, nothing? I don't get anything for that? No, you get nothing. Oh, okay. Well, I guess now I'm just going to breeze through, you know, the rest of the game and like not try for any of those challenges because there's no reward. You get access to the things they unlock slightly earlier than if you didn't 100% every stage. I mean, an easy fix to the uh, speed time travels is give you another one of those stones. Because by the way, if you get all of the stones in the game, every every item can potentially be leveled up five levels, which costs an insane amount of these crystals. If you get every crystal in the base game without doing any extra stuff, you can essentially unlock every new type of weapon, but not level anything to level five. So you literally just have to do the Coliseum over and over and over again, which is not fun gameplay. It's just, it's poor design. I'm going to confess, I have not finished the game. So what's the Coliseum? So yeah, one of the things you unlock with finding Waddle Dees is the Coliseum. The first time is you fight like the first four bosses, I think, and Meadow Knight. The second one is the latter half of bosses. The last one is all endgame bosses. And it is actually the only thing that's legitimately difficult in this game. Like, okay. I, I struggled with it. It's pretty hard. I'm glad to hear that there was a challenge somewhere in this game. Yeah. Unfortunately, this game was so unchallenging, I never never got to find it. Yeah. Because I got bored. <laughs> it, yeah, it didn't keep my interest long enough for me to even get there. Yeah, so I'll I'll just talk about the end game real quick. Once you beat the game, you you essentially have to do a highlight reel of all the levels. Then you fight the boss of that section, and he's faster, has way more moves, hits way harder, and it's actually difficult fights. So wow. I wish that was the game. <laughs> Why have a hard mode in this game? Just make that the hard mode. Yeah, man. That I, I was thinking the same thing. Like. As far as I know, I don't think there's ever been like an actual difficulty choice in a Kirby game before. So why 
not make a hard mode like actually challenging and i get that it's for children i understand that we are clearly not the target audience for this game but like if you're gonna do an easy mode like who is this easy mode for like literally people who have never touched a controller even the hard mode is is for first-time gamers like i would argue the hard mode is for first-time gamers if you're gonna give me the choice why are they both so easy Mm -hmm. Why not make a third choice that's actually challenging, you know? Well, and I thought that the reason they didn't do a hard mode is just they didn't want to program in, like, more difficult bosses and harder enemies. But it but sounds they like did. they actually did that work did. and then just gated it behind beating the whole game. So the game is ultra, ultra easy and then all of a sudden becomes challenging? Like, the final, the final, final boss in the endgame is a three-phase fight that... I feel like anyone who beat the base game and like had it actually be challenging is impossible for them. There is no like learning curve to get up there. It's like now the game's just hard. It's for experienced gamers. And it's like, well, you lost your audience of the experienced gamers in the first half of this game. Why are they even going to get to the end game? Which is the problem. Now, how would you compare this final boss to... For example, Melania, Blade of Michaela. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so you get uh, checkpoints with each phase, but if uh, I mean, it's still not easy. Like all, they're all mechanics you have to learn. But yes, it's nowhere near. Like not even, not even close. But I was happy. Like one of the only secret objectives that I really liked was that on all the bosses of each of the worlds one of the secret objectives is beat the boss without getting hit. And I was like, oh, that's that's good. That's That was kind yeah. of a fun challenge. Yeah. Also, I think there's only two where you have to defeat, defeat the boss without an ability. I think that should have been on all of them. I love yeah, that idea. Because beating them without an ability, or, or you just have to fight it in a different way, and it's... You have to dodge. You have to dodge all their attacks to get to be able to, like, suck up one of the little star things and shoot it at them. And admittedly... Shooting the little star things at him honestly does a lot more damage so than much some damage, of the yeah. abilities do. <laughs> so like it's not it's not really a disadvantage. How do how do we feel about graphics in the game? Overall oh, graphics. The, the graphics are gorgeous and happy fun times. They feel perfect for a Kirby game. Yep, completely yep. agree. They looked They're perfect. They looked great. Kirby stuff makes it easy because it's supposed to be round and there's not yeah. like huge depth of field things, but because of the 3D thing and some of the perspective that they do in the game, this actually does that better than a lot of other games for sure. One thing I just wanted to bring up about the level design that really annoyed me is there are a lot of invisible walls and like that's kind of shitty. And the other thing that really bugged me when I was trying to 100% things is there's a lot of sections of levels where you will go through an entry or a doorway and you can't go back like once you go through there yeah. you're not allowed to go yeah. back and yeah. get the the collectibles or the secret waddledees that you missed and like that's a little annoying because like man if i want 100 percent this game now i have to replay a level two three four times just to be able to go down all the paths and not accidentally walk away that i'm not supposed to like come on guys that that was a very easy thing to fix and they just didn't do it Chris, Austin, Garrett, why don't we uh, we go ahead and give our guesses on how many total Kirby games there have been. Yeah, it's Kirby's the star. G yes. Not like Super Smash Bros. doesn't count. Yes. 
Did you play Smash 64? Kirby is easily the star of that game. <laughs> Dude, Kirby's the star of Smash Ultimate. He's the only yeah, one Ultimate. Who he's the one who saves yeah. them. Yeah. So I would yeah. So let's just say just list of games that, that just Kirby series. I mean, okay. okay. So we'll start with Austin. How many Kirby Kirby games are there? Thank you. I do think I should guess first, given that I have played exactly one Kirby game before this uh, <laughs> on, on the Nintendo Game Boy. Nice. There you that go. is the last Kirby game I played. I don't even remember what it was called, uh, but I know I had a Kirby game for my Game Boy when I was a tiny Game Boy myself. Okay, so I'm going to guess, hold on, just total, total Kirby games, I'm going to guess there have been... There's got to have been games for the NES, the SNES. There's got to have been games for all the fucking DSs. Uh, there's probably mobile games. I'm going to guess there's 25 Kirby games. Uh, I can't name 25 Kirby games for the record. But there was the Kirby collection on the Wii, and that was like five of the games from the SNES. There was uh, Triple Deluxe from the Wii or no, 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 that was the DS. Uh, Rainbow Curse was uh, the Wii U, and that was fucking terrible. I think that's the worst Kirby game of all time. Crystal Shard, the best Kirby game of all time. Uh, Superstar, there were three of those, and those were SNES. That's all the ones I can name off the top of my head. I'm going to say 30. I think there's more. I, th- I think Garrett's right that there are more. I think there are 35 or 36. And I think that either 16 or 17 of those are main series games and all the rest are spinoffs. There was Dreamland, Adventure, Dreamland oh, 2, Superstar, Dreamland 3, Crystal Shards, Nightmare in Dreamland, Amazing Mirror, mm-hmm. Superstar Ultra, Squeak Squad, Return to Dreamland, Triple Deluxe, Planet Robobot, Star Allies, Forgotten Land. I don't know how many that is. That's 15, maybe. I think those are all the mainline series Kirby games. So I kind of missed it. So Chris put in his guess at 36, and then my connection dropped. So what what was the real answer? 36. 36. Awesome. I do like me the Kirby games. Uh, For you guys who have played uh, a lot of Kirby games before, because like I said, I've just played like one Chris and Garrett, as far as the like powers selection in this game of the ones that you get from the enemies, I know a lot of them have been around before the the sword and the bomb and, and some of those. Was there a good variety in this game compared to other games? Some of the level ups were new, but it, it all felt very familiar. A lot of the abilities, even some of the upgrades were very familiar from other Kirby games. The upgrades were fun graphically, but functionally didn't make that much of a difference i i think what they really did to expand things in this game was not so much the regular powers but the mouthful mode stuff right the turning Mm -hmm. into a car the turning into a cone the turning into a vending machine whatever like that stuff was really fun it felt really fresh it felt really cool solving puzzles with that just driving through a level as a rocket car was so much fun uh, I think they nailed Mouthful Mode as as their new gimmick in this game. I think that was a really, uh, that felt like the most innovative part for me. 100%. I, I don't know if any of you did the time trial, uh, time trial where you get to use all of the Mouthful Modes in a time trial. 
that is very fun. That was that was one of the most fun time trial things because uh, you you literally go through every single one. You go through like the stairs, the car, and it's all in one time, and you have to quickly do all of them, figure out the path. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds great. The stair, the stair one was my least favorite. I hated the stair. I really liked the puzzle solving application of the stairs, like especially the first time you use it. I actually think that is genius. Sure. It's just really tedious to walk in it. Yeah. And like, I just I wish that. that either you could move faster as it or just the distances you had to travel were slow. Because the distance, yeah. there's a section of it where you're just walking in a straight line and there's no enemies in front of you and there's no like nothing to go around or over or anything. This is like, why, why are you making me spend all this time awkwardly moving as this staircase? But like, there's like a legitimately good puzzle because you're oriented a particular way based on how the staircase is when you first suck it in. And so like to spit it out, it spits out straight ahead. So if you're on, you have to be on a button and spit it into a wall. So it stays on the button and like, figuring out how to move and like manipulate those puzzle pieces was excellent. And they just didn't, they didn't do enough of it. Like in the actual stages, I, I felt. Yeah. Well, because that might've made the game very, very slightly challenging. And they could not <laughs> any of that. that was not allowed in the game design process. No. Well, must be easy mode. Oh, Austin, what's your overall, overall take overall feel? No, we got to talk about the music. Oh Yeah. Let's talk about the music. There's not a lot to say about the music in this game. It was composed by four composers who all work for HAL Laboratories. They've all done Kirby games before. Some of them have been around at HAL for ever and ever and ever. I think the soundtrack is very good in the way that like the fall guys soundtrack is very good. Like it's good oh, video oh. game. Mu- it's, it's I, I, I kind of disagree. Music. I enjoyed the music a ton in this game. Like after playing dark souls and having this like super or sorry, Elden ring and having this super intense kind of score sure. to have this kind of whimsical, enjoyable, colorful game with this kind of enjoyable music. I, I loved it. It, it reminded me of our, uh, Mario Odyssey. I, I think that might be going a little too far. Like, it's not quite Koji Kondo, but I had a lot of fun with the music. I think that's one of the strongest elements of the game. Um, but, I mean, if you guys disagree, I don't know. I don't disagree with you that it's one of the stronger elements of the game. I think that's more <laughs> an indictment of the rest of the game than it is a praise of the soundtrack. Listen, the, the soundtrack's good. It just doesn't again like the fall guys soundtrack there's nothing that particularly stands out like yeah there are boss themes that are a little different than the rest of like the theming for those those worlds that they're in that are you know a little maybe a little darker a little more intense a little more fast-paced but i don't know it just didn't particularly stand out to me i played it on mute the entire time so how dare you on a kirby game and Kirby has some of the best songs in I, all of the No, gaming. I listened to like the first dun, level dun, dun, and then dun, I was just dun, like, dun, dun, all right, dun. I'm done. Yeah, I've heard it in every other Kirby game. If that were in this game, if I had heard it is in, this, in game. this game. Well, not in anything I played. <laughs> Again, like it's good video game music. It's because there aren't a whole lot of other sound effects other than like the things, the sound of Kirby sucking stuff up and the sound of him using the powers. You know what I mean? I, I just like... 
I don't know. I it's it's good. It's not great. It's this is if this wins any game awards for its music, I will be astounded. Okay, fair, fair. All right, let's let's get into final thoughts. Oh, I guess I go first in that, don't I? You sure do. So I think Kirby and the Forgotten Land uh, lives up to its name. It's a Kirby game, and I'm going to forget about it very soon. <laughs> uh, the level design, uh, the, the world, the graphics, the music, all of Kirby's animations and all the Waddle D animations and his little flying blue squirrel friend are fucking adorable. They are so cute and so happy, and they made me smile while I was watching them on the screen. That being said, you know, the whole game, it feels kind of like Kirby. It's made for kids. It's it's adorable. There's some hidden surprises here and there. But, you know, ultimately, it just kind of feels like it's full of hot air. Unsatisfying. That's uh, That's how I feel about it. I think $60 for this game is pretty outrageous. Uh, if you are under 12 years old, uh, I can recommend this game for $20. That's where I'm at. I think as a full-grown adult, uh, I, I did not enjoy it. If you have a five or six-year-old at home uh, and you want a game for them, I kind of recommend paying $60 for this to get this for their first kind of intro into gaming. And at the very end of the game, the end game is kind of for you. So it is best of both worlds. I think that is the only scenario that it works as a $60 game. Uh, and I think it's sad because uh, Nintendo won't go down in price. But the nice thing is there's Waddle D. You can play co-op your kid. It's not very good. The co-op is kind of just button mash, which is great for even a younger kid. A younger kid, like a three-year-old, can pretend like he's doing something <laughs> and it's something. So yes, if you have a very, very young kid at home, I think it's kind of a good idea to get this game. But other than that, I can't recommend it. The co-op is hot garbage in this game, <laughs> but it is maybe the best, like, older brother younger brother co-op in like you know it, in this kind of game where like you literally your waddle d can literally stand still and do nothing and you can still traverse the game and beat the game very easily uh, uh yeah, yeah uh i'm with austin is in the in the in the frame of not playing many kirby games but from everything i've seen heard and it it, it just watched from kirby it's a kirby game it's okay it it didn't captivate me and want me to play hours and hours of it. Like I, I played five bosses and I was like, all right, I'm good. I feel like I have got my fill of this game. Uh, I would not recommend it fit at a full triple A price. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm gonna finish this game and I'm gonna hundred percent it. And that's because I'm a massive fan of Kirby and the Kirby franchise. If I were not, I wouldn't do that. The There's just not enough in it for it to be worth $60, especially compared to some of the stuff we've been playing recently where there's, you know, a dollar an hour worth of content where this is $10 an hour, basically. Like, yeah. it's so hard to recommend. Again, we're adults. We're not, we are not the target audience of this game. If you have a young one clamoring for it, 
go ahead, but also wait a couple months and buy it used. I think that's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Next time, we are going to be talking uh, about something different. We're going to do something a little different with our next episode. We are going to do a backlog bonanza. We are each going to grab a game or two out of our backlog and finally get around to playing it. And then we're going to tell you about it. So we're for the first time ever on Hidden Doors and High Scores, we're not going to be reviewing the same game. So uh, I imagine we're going to get some very different genres and some very different uh, opinions on this. So I can't wait to hear what everyone brings to the table. Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. I'm John. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Make sure to follow us on Twitter for notifications about our episode releases and check us out on Twitch to see what we're going to be playing and talking about. It's going to be a wild week on Twitch for the boys, I think. We're going to be doing a lot of different weird stuff. All those links and a link to our Discord will be in the show notes for this episode. Come join us on Discord. Send us questions, comments. What did you think about Kirby? Do you Can you name all the Kirby games in release order? Uh, (laughs) we're hanging out there every night playing games we like it when people join in keep dibbling those babs